This episode of the Good Pop Culture Club is brought to you by the Ma E Theater Company of New York and their newest production of Once Upon a Korean Time, written by Daniel K. Isaac. Now, we here at Good Pop are big fans of all sorts of pop culture, uh, books, TV, movies, uh, and that also includes theater. Uh, the Ma E Theater Company is a professional, award winning nonprofit 501c3 organization founded in 1989, whose primary mission is to develop and produce new and innovative plays by Asian American writers. Since its founding, Ma E has distinguished itself as one of the country's leading incubators of new works, shaping local and national conversations about what it means to be Asian American today. Day. Their latest play, Once Upon a Korean Time, mixes traditional Korean fables with the horrors of the Korean War. Daniel K. Isaac's epic new play is a funny and deeply moving analog for the experiences of the Korean American diaspora. Isaac deftly moves his characters through time, tracing the legacies of trauma that are passed on from one generation to the next, and the various coping mechanisms each one uses to soldier on. The show promises sea kings, bubbles, tigers, generational traumas, and of course, barbecue. Previews begin on August 23rd at La Mama's Ellen Stewart Theater in New York City, and the show will have a limited run through September 18th. So if you are lucky enough to be in the New York area, or if you're planning to take a trip out there over the next month, um, definitely check it out. Um, tickets are available now at maitheater.org. Um, that's M-A-Y-I-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. And now, the show. And what is poppin' everybody? You are listening to episode 118 of the Good Pop Culture Club. My name is Marvin Yu and joining me to talk about all the good pop that gets us through our days. We have, hey, it's formerly professional Asian American Just Jude. What up? She's back again. <laughs> Welcome back from your uh, Indian wedding adventure. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And, uh, you know, I did get COVID round two. Oopsies. But I'm fine. I'm back. She survived. <laughs> she can't be tamed. Can't, that's such an old. Oh, my God. That's such an old reference. She can't be held down. That she is, can't be stopped. I'm glad you're feeling better because you're probably the only person I know personally that has been through two bouts of covid um and just moments before the new omicron vaccine is coming out too I, I at this point is this still omicron i feel like we're on like it's like omicron the next one. three now or something I, I don't i like why like when when do you get to add like a decimal like 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 a variant versus like when do you just go to the next variant what's after omicron marvin it's very hard for me i was not in a sorority or a frat so and i was bad at math so Greek letters, just not my not my jam. It's all good. It's all good. Our other co-host, Khan, um, will not be joining us this week. Jess and Han has switched places because Han is having some technical issues with her laptop. So we wish her the best because she needs that thing to work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, how was um Was it the three-day wedding? It was like a three-day, two-day wedding, but like four events. Oh. And it was like all the events were like at the same like wedding hall and we live like five minutes walk from this wedding hall so i'm not gonna lie i only know like one city block of chennai where the wedding was <laughs> it's a great block um and it was it was like it was like it is like a wedding it was 
it was an Indian wedding. It was like there were a lot of Vedic chants. Uh, there was a chai guy who I love and would give my firstborn child to. Um, there was a lot of great food. Yeah, like this guy's just slaying in chai like all day for like every single event. Like same guy, you know. Um, and you know, my friend who got married, absolutely beautiful, like beautiful. Um, but it was pretty funny because her husband is like a white American guy, <laughs> and he and her family is from Chennai. Her, like her her extended family and her parents and brother sister are still there. So like there wasn't enough on his family side, I think, for like the pictures. So that like someone's mom was just like, just go up there, just go up there. So like I think I'm just like in the background in a bunch of these ceremonial shots, like on the groom's side, even though I know the bride. And I'm like, that's, okay, that's fine. That's hilarious um, because you'll you're there forever. Yeah, a lot of Vedic chanting. I'm like, cool. Um, like, oh my god, the flower game. Indian wedding flower game is insane. Like the jasmine garlands, just fucking beautiful. Smells amazing. Uh, you like you get a little like gift for every like event. There are like four events, and like her mom <laughs> just like kept handing like like beautiful like like boxes of sweets or bags of sweets. Like, oh my god, like this is so many sweets. I did eat them all. They were fucking delicious. There was like this box of like cashew tomato nuts. Oh. Delicious. Like spiced cashews, but like with tomato flavor. So good. The food was amazing. Um and like Southern Indian food is not something I was super familiar with, but after like uh you know like four they feed you so much. They feed you so much. There's so much food. And every single time I stepped into like the dining room area of this banquet hall, like uncle who like worked at like the chef uncle would like immediately spot. I had no idea what I was doing. He like, go get that. Go get that. <laughs> go get that. He's like, that's enough. You go sit down and eat. Like that's enough for you. Like, so thank you. Uncle. Are you like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank yeah, you. Sir. Oh yeah. I'm not going to question <laughs> uncle. Like, and everything's delicious. Um, and I'm so bad at eating with my hands though. So like they would see me and they're like, here's a fork. I'm like, thank Aww. you. Is this uh, how yeah, the white people feel fun. at Chinese restaurants when they use chopsticks? Although white people are better at chopsticks these days. I think it's become part of the culture. You know, I didn't realize like, how Chinese I was in my like preference for chopsticks for everything. <laughs> like I don't use tongs. I don't use like, you know, I just use chopsticks for most things. And you know, yeah, like chopsticks, not a thing in India. Um, like not even like the biggest thing necessarily always in Singapore. Like they're like a shoveling culture. Like so, mm. I feel like a lot of Southeast Asian cultures is like actually like spoon and like for like the yeah, efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Cause you need the, you need to gather the sauce with whatever yeah. you're eating. Yeah, so I'm like, give me a pair of chopsticks. Like, I could do some damage. <laughs> but it was beautiful. India's beautiful. You know, it's it was hot. It was so hot. It was so hot. All of Southeast Asia, Asia. I mean, it was August. I mean, I, I, mean, I was expecting it, but it was like, it's so hot. I mean, you came back just in time for the hottest weekend in L.A. Yeah, but we have AC, and I could go from my AC car to my AC <laughs> house to the AC Target. So, like, I don't care. Huh. But beautiful, like, um, probably the most, like, furthest I've ever been pushed outside my comfort zone when it comes to traveling. Um, and I will say I've never felt more exotic. Oh. In, and then in India. I mean, um, yeah. We get pretty exoticized was, here, though, too. No, not as much as in India. Like, uh, a lot of, lot of just people just looking at me. Um, 
To be I fair, you also attract a lot of attention per your, was, you know, typical volume level. I was very subdued, okay? Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, I get it. A lot of it is, like, a cultural thing of, like, what is considered modest or not. But, like, I don't understand. Like, the one thing I was, like, a little, not weirded out about, but, like, I was just, like, that I had a hard time wrapping my head around is, like, you know, a lot of people don't expose their arms, Um Right, like in that part of the world, uh, like like sleeveless is like not a thing. Like shorts aren't a thing, but then like you know a lot of the like traditional wear, like you know your 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 midriff is out, and I'm just like I don't understand. Like I can't wear a sleeveless tank top, or like I don't feel comfortable wearing a sleeveless tank top. But like, like, I you know like like I I was wearing like a lang like at one point I was wearing a langa um outfit, and I was like, oh, this is. This is fine. I'm like, okay. And I think like the combo like that and then like Raymond who like a lot of people were like assuming he was like either Indian or Malaysian or like Nep- we got Nepalese. I, I mean, think that that and then combined with our American accents, <laughs> like everyone was just confused. They're like, Where are you where are you from? I got more where are you from than like than anywhere else I've been. But it does feel different. Like when someone asks me, like when someone from Asia asks me where you're, I'm from, I'm like, okay, like I think they're just like genuinely a little confused or curious. Um, versus like when I get it from like white people, I feel like they're trying to like figure out how to be racist to me. <laughs> we went to the Taj Mahal. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was not expecting much, and because a lot of like famous things overhyped. Taj Mahal mm. not overhyped, more beautiful in person. Okay, amazing. Uh, the like artistry, the marble, more beautiful in person. I will say though, we fucked up or I fucked up. We were there during Independence Day, which is a major holiday. And uh, what I came to realize, what I call uh, Hindu Christmas, because it's the birth of Krishna, one of the major gods. So they celebrate mm. the Eve and then the, the actual day is a public holiday. So like everywhere we went was just very crowded and very hot. Oh no! I was like, "Whoopsies! <laughs> Didn't know. None of the guidebooks told me. That's on me." Was there any like cool festival stuff you went to then? Um, I saw we saw some people like getting ready for the uh, like for the festivals, but a lot of people like go like a lot of people travel far to like specific temples. Mm. So there's like a lot of traffic. <laughs> There's a lot of traffic and like baseline traffic in India is like blood sport. I've seen YouTube videos. Oh my God. Like it's really impressive. It's just like, wow, like lanes are suggestions. Uh, honking is a specific language of like, I can't tell. Oh, I will say we, when we went to well, one of our Uber drivers, um, when he picked us up from the airport, he got into a fight with a truck driver. He stopped the car, got out. Had a screaming match with the other truck driver. Traffic commenced. He continued to yell. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, uh, what stuff's in the back? I can't leave. I'm like, cool. What's the um? What's the general um tipping procedure on that for a driver got into a fight? Uh, well, he did get us there. Um, so I was like, thank you, sir. Mm. Uh, I forgot how much I. 
tip tip i couldn't i couldn't i really couldn't decide if this was like the best experience ever or the worst experience ever <laughs> i mean um, as two chinese people like han chinese people who are currently in the middle of planning weddings i am kind of glad that our traditions aren't as um involved as well, an indian wedding well like oh yes yes and like you know like when you're talking about like chinese stuff like we have home field advantage right like the, that level that kind of crazy makes sense to us because that's all we know when you get thrown into like another level of like crazy that you're not familiar with that's like very disorienting but like you know it's all fine <laughs> But yes, Marvin, you are my wedding buddy because you're the only other person, engaged person I know who is as excited to plan the wedding as I am. Not excited per se, but competent in it, I guess. In terms we are of, event producers yeah. <laughs> by trade, Marvin. This right. is what we do. So we're very familiar with getting vendors, doing research, figuring but out. Like, but like, we better come correct because if we like throw a shitty event, like well, there's true. no excuse for us. But I also feel like we're you're one of the only other engaged friends I know who is also cool with like a non-traditional style of wedding. You know, not like buying into the whole like I must have a wedding party of twenty people. We must do, you know. Absolutely like. not. No, no. I don't even like twenty people. I can't name twenty people. How do you choose that's right? How do you choose? You make them compete in the Squid Game mm. level um, esque competition oh. to win the honor. I mean, I did write a whole quiz about myself for my thirtieth birthday that I ended up not doing because everyone was too hungover. But you know, like you could do that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's very, very like, like overachieving Asian to be like, I'm gonna give you a test, like. Highest earner. That's a little. I feel like that's the, a little much. That's a little too much for me. Maybe not for you, but for me, um, I like to. Uh, I like to stay mysterious. Is my my whole vibe. Uh, but yeah, no. Well, right before our recording, Justin and I spent like almost an hour talking about uh, wedding stuff. I guess. But, yeah. Um, yeah. If this is not interesting, well, you can cut this out, Marvin. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it all. We in. should. We should. We should start a another podcast. Just a, about wedding planning. A sub podcast about. But then I feel like both. But I feel like actually that podcast, if it's us talking about it, it would be very boring because we're both kind of bitches. <laughs> and we don't care about making people happy. We were <laughs> we were both talking about. We were debating on people like, if I don't invite this person, would they be mad? And if, do I care if they're mad? Do you care? Yes, mm. that's that's really the important question. Do you care if they're mad at you? Not <laughs> or will they be mad? Is do you care? Yeah, I think part of our background as like producers and event planners is we've kind of become numb to being too nice to people. I've said no to like celebrities, major celebrities, and like you know Nobel Prize nominees. Like I can say no to my shitty uncle. Like it's fine. <laughs> All right, well, um, we're here at the end of August, the beginning of September, which means it's time to go over the latest Asian American entertainment news in our monthly news segment. Do we want this? Uh, but before we get to that, let's do a quick what's popping to find out what pop culture is being us through this week. Um, Jess, what's popping? Okay, so again, been traveling a lot, haven't had time to watch a lot of things. Netflix around the world, you know, is different. Some of the Wi-Fi, not great. 
But what I have been consistently doing, even in my travels, is been playing a game called Cozy Grove. It is a cozy game, um, if you did not get it from the title. And you play as a spirit scout who is left on an island that is filled with the ghosts of bears. Um, and you have to go do little tasks every day to help, you know, basically uncover the story, which is basically helping these bears um, remember their like lost memories. They're very traumatic memories. Um, so basically <laughs> I call it helping my trauma bears every day. It's, you know, it's like a pretty like I like it because it's the opposite of Stardew Valley in a lot of ways. It's like a very set amount of tasks you can do per day um, or even the opposite of Animal Crossing. Like the island keeps changing. So you can't really like plan and get too obsessive about it, which is like I feel like whoever wrote whoever made this game really understands like the neurodivergent brain that wants little tasks to do, wants to be cute, but like. You know, built in is this like inability to keep things like to over obsess about like architecture or city planning because <laughs> like that's when you get lost in the sauce, right? Like when you're like building your island on Animal Crossing and like you're getting the rating and like you go into obsessive spiral and then you spent like two hundred hours on Animal two hundred hours on Animal Crossing. So yeah, this is the opposite. And like whoever wrote the copy is really funny, but then yeah, you like. Go through the story. You have the bearers, and they start talking about like I found a dead body, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." I was like, "Oh, this is a this is a lot," but they're cute, and they have fun names like Patrick Duclaw or um Larry Jerry Lee Bearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, would recommend check it out. You know, you could probably like do it do a double feature or double game with like Cozy Grove and like Bear and Breakfast. You know, you have a bear themed week, cozy weekend. Um, it's really fun. And then again, there's a set time. Really, you're only playing like 30 to an hour a day and then it's done and you can move on with the rest of your life. Yeah. Trauma Bear is my favorite Care Bear. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta help the bears. Like you do, I have developed a parasocial relationship though. I feel like if I don't log in and like help them every day, then like, I'm like, Oh no, the trauma. Um, so that oh, is just that's a little true. warning. It's been like over a year since I've logged into my animal crossing Island. Um, I think my neighbors have probably Your villagers. About me. Yeah. At least they don't like randomly move away anymore. If you don't visit <laughs> Like that, you know, as someone with like abandonment issues, that was like very scary to me. So, you know, I know that like Pietro is like there on my island, just vibing in this little clown house. I just don't know if I can stand their passive aggressive. Like, oh, fancy. You haven't been here here. for a while. Wow, I thought you moved. I was like, (laughs) please stop. (laughs) But what's popping with you, Marvin? Well, speaking of cozy stuff, uh, I recently read a book called um, The Secret Society of Irregular Witches um, by Sangu Mandana. Uh, We interviewed her actually on Books and Boba on our episode last week. Um, It's a very cozy story about a young adult witch named Mika who um, it takes place in modern day England. Witches exist, but because of you know persecution and the fact that like when witches gather, magic gathers around them, weird stuff happens. Um, witches live in isolation, so she's kind of lived on her own for the last few years in this world. 
all witches are orphans because of a curse from a long time ago. And so she copes with her loneliness by becoming a YouTube witch, where she does basic tricks on YouTube and passes it off as like magic tricks. Um, she gets discovered by a caretaker of three young witches out in the English countryside, and they hire her to come in and become their teacher slash nanny. So it's kind of like a modern day Mary Poppins type of thing where you have an older witch teaching the younger witch and trying not to pass on her generational trauma to them. Ah, there we go. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, because she also, her, her caretaker is an older witch who kind of set these rules to make sure to protect the witches from like, you know, people being shitty to witches, right? I feel like I would burn her for being a YouTuber and not for being a witch. Oh. But that's just me. That's just you and your aversion to influencers, I feel like. And then so she becomes this teacher slash nanny to these three young witches. One of the girls is black, one of the girls is Middle Eastern, and one of the girls is Vietnamese. And they all have different personalities. You know, the oldest one is very studious. The youngest one is very, you know, playful. And the middle one is kind of one of those emo kids who, like, says stuff like, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. You better watch out. You know, those, like, spunky kids probably going to be played by Mia Cech. If they ever make it into a, um, a series. Yeah. 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 You're not wrong. <laughs> and then one of the caretakers is a grumpy but hot librarian that's very overprotective of the girls and is suspicious of her. And also because of weird feelings he gets when he looks at her. So, you know, you got a little bit of enemies to lovers romance there as well. Um, it's a very fun book. It's narrated in a very fun way. The omniscient narrator in this book I read in the voice of like a Julie Andrews from Bridgerton. <laughs> it's a very sassy narrator that shits on all the characters all the time, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, and overall, you know, there's a lot, there's some depressing themes in there, but it's a really fun story about found family and magic. And it's a very cozy British book. So um, yeah, definitely recommend it. It's called The Secret Society of Irregular Witches and it's available at bookstores everywhere. Cool beans. Yeah. All right, so that's what's popping for this week. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go over the latest Asian American entertainment news and ask ourselves if we want this. Stick around. Hi, I'm Shinyi Pai, host of the podcast Blue Suit. In a world full of stuff, what do we choose to hold on to? The Blue Suit is a podcast about commonplace objects and the people who transform them into something remarkable. From an inherited Chinese-English dictionary to an old caliphone playing records left behind by Japanese-Americans incarcerated during World War II, our podcast showcases modern-day artifacts of Asian America and what gets elevated to heirloom status. Find it by searching for The Blue Suit wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ryan, what's black and white and red all over? I don't know, Ramen. Two nuns having a chainsaw fight? Dude, inappropriate. Come on, man. This is supposed to be a podcast promo for our secret underground podcast, Quarantine Comics. Oh, yes. Quarantine Comics, the weekly comic book club where I, ace reporter Ryan Joe, and I, mild-mannered Ramen Sutton, team up to discuss some of comics' greatest works. Or just some really cool comics that we've been wanting to read. From Alan Moore to Uzumaki. From Arrakis to Zendaya. From Adrian Tomine to Jean Lun Yang. You might not have heard of half the stuff that we're reading. Or the other half is just pop culture superhero stuff. They could just read the books with us, right? Yes, they could do that, but you could also just send us money. No, Ryan, that's not how passion podcast projects work. Why in the hell are we even doing this? Uh, I'm sure we'll be back by next week's episode. <clears throat> so, tune in each week to Quarantine Comics. That's qtdcomics.com 
set phasers to fire. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. Uh, Jess, you came back just in time. Last time me and Han had to do one of these all by on our own. This time it's the Just You edition of Do We Want This? Uh, where we go over the latest Asian American entertainment news and ask ourselves if we want this. So uh, why don't you start us off with our first story? All right. Our first story is that we have a teaser for the new Quantum Leap starring Raymond Lee as the... Um, is the titular time jumper and it's a very short uh basically he is jumped into the body of a female blonde uh hair metal musician uh and i think we just got the official release date on nbc which is september 19th so do we want this yeah i actually thought this was gonna be a full-on trailer but it's just a teaser which is weird because the show is coming out in like two weeks like two weeks yeah but and like in a digital yeah but i feel like i haven't really seen anything about the show at all like is it even being is it being is there is, is there is it being supported maybe maybe we're just not on the platforms that like <laughs> are being you know marketed to maybe um i'm very traumatized because of the whole hbo max thing. like i don't want the raymond leash quantum leaf show to be like acts like cat like like batgirl you know I mean, it looks a little, and I mean this in a good way, it looks a little cheesy, which I hope it is. I hope it leans into, like, kind of an 80s camp thing. Because, like, the concept of the show is batshit insane, right? Um, And, you know, it's not like Scott Bakula was playing it subtly back in the day. Um, And it's been a very, very long time since we've had a Asian-American actor um, as, you know, number one on the cost sheet of a primetime drama like this. I did like the fact that it confirmed that Raymond Lee is jumping into people like Scott Beckley used to be, which means you're going to get Raymond Lee playing all sorts of characters, including this white lady. Raymond Lee as white lady rocker sounds like a pretty cool combo. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, you know, catch it on Hulu the day after because I don't have cable or broadcast TV anymore. Um, and I hope it does well. So, you know, rooting for Raymond Lee. I will say it's really funny. I'm very scared that I'm going. So Raymond Lee, because of my previous work, like, you know, my phone at one point, like accidentally synced. And like, I, I didn't decide this. I'm I'm very technologically illiterate for like someone my age. <laughs> um, like I get by, but I'm not great. So at one point, you know, like certain things synced, but not everything. But like, you know, Raymond Lee's contact information like made it to my phone and his name is right under Raymond my fiance and I am always so scared (laughs) that like I will text him or call him or say something inappropriate it's not happened I should probably delete his stuff and like all the other like work related stuff before that happens um, but that is my weird parasocial connection to Raymond Lee, who I've met a few times. is very nice and very talented. Yeah. Needed to be in Top Gun Maverick more. <laughs> All the Asians did. But, you know, hope it hope hope it's a smashing success. Hope, uh, you know, he's not like forever stuck time leaping like Scott Bakula. Um, and I hope, you know, it runs long enough that we get a little Scott Bakula cameo. 
Yeah. All right. Our next story, Randall Park's feature directorial debut, Shortcomings, has its main cast, including Justin Min, Sherry Cola, Ali Maki, Sonoya Mizuno, and Jacob Batalon, um, based on the graphic novel by Adrian Tomin. The comedy is a irreverent examination of racial politics, sexual mores, and pop culture, and follows a cynical movie theater manager, Ben, played by Justin Min, and his irrepressible best friend, Alice, played by Sherry Cola. Uh, together, the set Bay Area urbanites navigate Ben's disintegrating relationship with his girlfriend, um, played by Ali Maki, Alice's serial dating habits, and other obstacles in the way of their personal growth. Do we want this? Yes, I love Randall Park, you know, as a, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but like he was a writer and a, like just the creator before he was in, like, like at the same time he was acting, but like he, he, his background is a lot in writing too. And he's really good at it. Um, So I'm very excited to see him kind of take more of that behind the scenes stuff. Amazing cast, hot cast, really yeah. hot cast. Uh, I feel like Justin Min's in everything right now. I feel like he's in like half of these like, potential stories on he's the new it list. guy yeah he, he he did he did great in umbrella academy um he was in the last kogonada flick he's been like attached to a million things but like everyone's hot in this thing i don't know where sonoya mizuno has time like isn't she in house of the dragon is she um yeah she's she's I matt smith's like boo okay Love Jacob Batalon. Hope you know. I I, I want to see him in stuff outside of the Spider Man yeah. Marvel universe. Um, Ali Maki's really funny too. You know, obviously from Wrecked and um, stuff. So yeah, like very excited. I I don't know if I don't watch Umbrella Academy, but I, it is a little like he has irreverent more, comedic, right? Yeah, he has a lot more meat in this season than the past seasons, where he was just like a ghost. I can only talk to one character, so. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, and um, I was looking at the cast list, too. They also have Timothy Simons, which um, I don't know if you watched Veep, but he's Jonah. Oh, yeah. I know his face. <laughs> I mean, I hope I'm excited for, you know, I love a, I love a good Bay Area film. Uh, always, always like to spend time there, whether it's in person or in, you know, movies. Just, yeah, excited. I, yeah. I hope this sees. This is, um, this is with his production company, right? Yes, imminent collision. Nice, yeah. Um, I love that he's just holding it down, and you know, he's like one of like the godfathers of like Asian comedy, like playwriting and and sketches yes. and and yes. and films. So you know, for him to spearhead this film with all these like great young talent, I yeah, putting his money where the mouth yeah, is. mouth where it. the money is, money where the mouth is. One of those, <laughs> one of those is right. I think it's money, putting the money where his mouth is. Yes, because we love to eat money. Oh, that sounds so dirty. Gross. It's a really strange saying now that you say it out loud. But so is a lot of idioms and colloquialisms. All right, Jess, what's our next story? Okay, our next story is The Many Daughters of A Fong Moy gets a serious <laughs> adaptation with Jenna Bush Hager and UCP. Yes, Jenna Bush Hager, the daughter of George Bush. Um, yeah, this is a little strange do we want this marvin <clears throat> yes i'll take your silence okay yes like we yes. always love projects I mean, that give you know some yeah. work to our homies i mean like, jamie ford always... is a great writer his other book um thus was at the corner of something and something 
corner of the so so just to just to clear the air yes jamie ford is asian american yeah um he you know his family is a pretty interesting story they like changed their name they westernized their name um you know like a few generations back that not not trying to like dissuade the asian card or anything but it is the book and the story is about a um asian american woman named dorothy moy who and her basically struggles with mental health and her relationship with her daughter um and you know experiment you know inherited traumas and quote i'm quoting from the press release quote dorothy intimately connects with past generations of women in her family unquote so not th- not talking about the asian stuff talking about the man woman stuff like <laughs> d- does jamie ford know about intergenerational trauma with asian chinese specifically chinese women like it's a whole nother level. Like, sorry, like mother daughter relationship. It's different. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of red flags uh, or potential red flags. Um, not well, the nobody least else being... on the creative team. Yeah, it, like Asian, like let alone Chinese American, like Asian yeah. American, and and like Jenna Bush. <laughs> I know it's it's weird. Um, I mean. I mean, Ava Moy is also one of those stories that, like, it's one of those, like, NPR-ready stories where, like, yeah, like, I can see a white lady hearing the story and say, oh, we must make a movie out of it. Yes. Right? And for those of you who don't know, Ava Moy was, she's a real person. She's historically the first documented Chinese woman to be in the United States. And she was brought over basically as a sideshow attraction. She, like, lived in this Chinese room. Uh, Loitza has this pretty great play about it um and she's just basically like you know like toured the country like in like as an exhibit like wearing like very yeah. traditional chinese garments it's like one of and, those like, world's fair exhibits where it's like, check out these savages in their natural habitat it's like check out this chinese woman in her natural habitat a room yeah. with her bound feet yeah so you know my my uh, red flag radar is going off quite a bit um again always like the opportunity always like cautiously open to a chance for the homies to get paid to be on tv but it's a strange choice definitely i'd say it's a tentative yes Mm, it's tough i want to say yes so badly but i can't give it a like a strong yes (laughs) also just also just as a side note the again the press release hilarious because they are you know really trying to emphasize the fact that the author is Chinese. So it's like the quotes are like, plus my Chinese grandfather. Like, <laughs> um, it's, it's like after reading a bunch of these for several years, like you kind of can like see the, the, the sausage get made. So you're like, Oh, but like it's done. So like unelegantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. To I me, mean, it's really funny. Yeah, it's, it's a strange team for sure. Um, I've never read the book, so I don't know how well Jamie handles the subject matter. But the team does not inspire confidence, I guess. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes? For now. For now. It's yes? Da, da, da. Yes, for now. as in, yeah, yes. Um, and then we'll see if they actually bring in, like, anyone that has any stake in the story. Appropriate talent. Let's yeah. let's call it appropriate talent. Yeah. <sighs> All right. 
our last story. Nina Yang Bon Jovi has a new project through her significant productions um, company um, that she runs with Forrest Whitaker. It is a thriller called Transplant starring K-pop star Asian-American Eric Nam. Um, Nam will play Jonah Yoon, a top surgical resident at an elite hospital with a punishing drive to succeed under the training of a renowned heart transplant surgeon obsessed with maintaining his reputation of, of perfection. Um, Bill Camp, Michelle Okyan Lee, April Grace, and Adam Arkin will also co-star. Do we want this? Yeah, honestly, I know everyone's real. All the girlies love Eric Nam, but I'm excited about Bill Camp. <laughs> I love Bill Camp. Queen's Gambit, great. Love me a Bill Camp role. Actually, I'm not familiar with Bill Camp. I'm probably familiar with him as that guy, right? Oh he's, yes, he's one of those that guy actors. Hmm. Definitely. Um. And yeah, I mean. Love, um, <laughs> I wanted to make a joke. It was like, oh, well, they should have just made a movie about residency. That's the real horror. Am <laughs> I right, ladies? Um, but it sounds fine. Um, not my necessarily my cup of tea, but again, I, I love a love a love people getting paid, love my homies getting paid for making stuff and nina you know yeah. nina is very particular fucking... with, she's very particular with her scripts so at the yes. very least it's, if it passes her smell test then it's probably pretty solid right yes um it just like and i don't necessarily mean this in a bad way but like it doesn't seem like a good time <laughs> <laughs> like it seems very stressful like a i mean it's a psychological thriller not necessarily things i like to watch um, but like it sounds like a good movie, just not again, not something necessarily I would want. Like I imagine a lot of cutting, like a lot of body horror. Maybe. Like Black Swan esque. Maybe, yeah. I mean, definitely it's about the pressures of a very specific type of surgery that requires like the most steady hands and like probably biggest egos, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I would laugh if it just turns into like it's early, just an indictment of the American healthcare system, <laughs> um, which it should be because residency is cruel. Mm. Um, as someone, you know, engaged to someone who just finished theirs, it's like, it is, I can't, I don't know how it's still legal. And he was like making less than me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but I digress. Uh, yeah. I would watch a horror movie about, you know, just a regular residency. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I am excited about Eric Nam, though. Um, Eric Nam. Yeah, I want to see him act. Yeah. I mean, I've known him a few years, um, only briefly in person, but he was the founding director of Collaboration Boston when he was in college. So he was very involved in the Asian American community before he um, went overseas to become a K-pop star. And he's made a pretty big name for himself out there as a solo artist, which is pretty hard to do, too, right? Yes. Um, I don't really listen to his music. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, my heart is belongs to Big Bang. Um, but, like, he's, he's a little more, like, acoustic, right? Like Yeah, he's more of, like, a... Like a soul, like, slow yeah. soul, Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I mean, I've heard some of his stuff and I've seen him perform once in a while and he's very talented. So, um, it is very interesting to feel like how he is breaking in, like, you know, it's always really interesting to me when like you get Americans to go to like the heritage country to find like success and then they come back 
they don't often come back though is the thing like we have our, our, our david Taos, our coco lees who like go over and make a big name for themselves and realize it's just easier out there I mean, it's kind of the best of both worlds, right? You have a really successful career. You get to perform, do what you love, make money. And then, like, if you want, like, actual anonymity, you just go back to the States, right? Like, um, I feel like that is changing now. Like, now, like, I think people are more accepting of, like, just, like, I think acts are, like, don't have to, like, try to milk the American market anymore. Like, they could just be successful doing what they are. Um, but yeah, no, like to me, that always seemed like the best deal. Like I'm going to be like mega famous in like one region of the world and then very not famous in another. So I can just choose to live a normal life if I want occasionally. Yeah. Um, but this film, unlike the last one, has all the hallmarks of like a pretty solid foundation for the project. Nina Yang Bon Jovi yes. is producing, um, is written by... Jason Park and David J. Lee. So, you know, you have Asian people in front and behind the camera. And Jason Park, the co-screenwriter, is also the director. So um, I think, you know, we always lament about these hospital dramas and thrillers not being realistic because... Because there's not enough Asian people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, you know, and hopefully this will be one where we'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. This looks, this looks like a hospital in the real world. Hopefully, you know, all of our, not to be stereotypical, but lots of nursing roles for our Filipino actor friends. Uh, there also better be like a Nigerian <laughs> doctor, a, um, a, uh, a Muslim like doctor, <laughs> like, like a Brown doctor somewhere in there. Um, you know, there, there, there has, there better be some other Asian doctor as well. That's true. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to learning more about this project. Um, always excited for Nina's projects. So this one, also her um, anime Wong one coming up too. Both sound amazing. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And on that note, that will also do it for this edition of Do We Want This? Um, a little bit shorter because Han's not with us to bring her stories. But, you know, we got a good mix this month. Um, a bunch of stuff we're excited for. Some things we're a little tentative about. Um, which is, you know, I think it's still not enough projects, but I think the fact that we can be a little picky about what we are excited about is is a good sign, right? We don't feel obligated to, like, need to like everything. Wow. Who would have thought? Look at us now, Marvin. Look at us now. This is us freed from the yoke of uh, you <laughs> to work with these people. She's free. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Good Pop Culture Club. Uh, Jess, if you want to find out more of your thoughts, where can they go? My trash takes are on Twitter at just you tweets. Good to be back, y'all. <laughs> you can find me at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Check out our fellow Asian American podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And yeah, welcome back, Jess. Glad to have you. Looking forward to looking forward to hanging out in person once. Uh, well, you're, you're clear. You're clear of the COVID, right? I'm clear, uh, and I'm excited. You know, in my fun employment and um, freedom to get progressively more unhinged every week. Yay! <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Good Pop. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Hey, I'm Phil Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.